We're in the countdown to the holidays and end of the year. We've got a whole lot to catch up on. (laughs) I brought back some fave and special music. You'll remember last year for the holidays, I had a special two-part chat with my bestie, Tundale Aniran, and that's him kind of lighting up the episode. I really hope you're all doing well And welcome to all of the new listeners that have popped in since my interview with Michael Wilson, the AFL's chief photographer. Just FYI for any newbies, I live in New York City and I love Broadway, so I kind of structure my show segments that way, just so you know your way around. A huge thank you, though, right off the top to all of you in all caps, 20,000 downloads overall worldwide. We hit that milestone together this month, and it's honestly the best gift you could get me. (laughs) Your friendship, conversations, pictures, memes. I hope you all know just how much they really mean to me and how they've really kept me and this pod going in such an unpredictable time. So it's season three with you and me, and I'm just sending you all the biggest virtual hug right now. I hope you can feel it. I've got a couple of shout outs too. Shout out to the Lace Out podcast, to Peps and J-Dog. If you miss me during the next few, I did guest out I did guest on the Lace Out podcast with Peps. We had a really fun chat. And to the listener who sent me a massive box anonymously, a huge virtual hug for you too. I'll have to post a pic of the Santa sack that you basically sent me on my Insta stories. So look out for that. Just filled with goodies all like Australian lollies and things that I really actually love and miss and a lot of things I've never heard of. So that's been really exciting. I've been doing just Tim Tam slams with coffee, (laughs) just one of the greatest joys for anyone who doesn't know. You kind of take a Tim Tam and you bite off like the opposite corners of the actual like biscuit, I want to say, and you use the Tim Tam like a straw. (laughs) So it sounds kind of strange, but use it like a straw to kind of, you know, bring up your coffee, kind of like suck that up and it just melts perfectly. You haven't lived till you've tried it really, honestly, (laughs) it's just how I feel. And, but yeah, tell me what you guys are up to, how you plan to celebrate or not. Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, just the end of the year, honestly, getting to the end of it and making it through all of the challenges and obstacles, life, (laughs) really no small feat. 
But let's get to it and dive into the opening overture of my overall thoughts on the last few and kind of where we're at now in NYC. Okay, so life catch-ups. It is off season. <laughs> um, Andrew and I did get to a college football game. You know, my team, Michigan State, were in a bowl during the holidays. You know, I've really thought about this and just the bowl concept. There's legit like no equivalent to bowl games in Australian sport. A lot of it's based on tradition. I won't like overly bore you with the details, but I guess the best I can come up with is it's like, it's kind of like an exhibition game. Like at the end of the season, you have to earn and you have to qualify for these things. But Michigan State did finish the year ranked at 11th. So that means they did miss out on the national championship, which is just the top four teams. But we will be playing against another highly ranked team in the Peach Bowl. So yeah, something that just goes back a long time. You could do your research on it if you want. I could talk more about it in the future, maybe after the game happens. But so that's been exciting. And Andrew and I also got our booster shot. So we are triple vaxxed now. We've got some extra armor for the gathering, ho gathering holiday up ahead. I can't talk today. And, you know, we've been to a couple of tree lightings. Can I just say, I've never been to a tree lighting <laughs> until this year. I never went when I was a kid. And I think I was probably just always working as an adult. I'm not really sure if maybe the times didn't work out with my schedule, but I am personally, particularly feeling the holidays so extra this year. And the Rockefeller tree lighting is kind of this huge production. So Andrew and I went to a couple of smaller scale ones. There's honestly multiple in New York City. So we went to the New York Stock Exchange tree lighting on Wall Street. And I think that tree honestly gives like the Rockefeller tree a run for its money. <laughs> it's pretty massive. I did post kind of some Insta stories about it. They're all going to live on the page after this weekend if you want to catch up just in the highlights. Um, I didn't like make a post themselves, but you should kind of check that out if you're if you want to see any of the stories. And I know that I've promised kind of like episode accompaniments. So there's kind of some sprinkled on Facebook and Insta and they will be more aligned in the next month. But yeah, we went to another smaller scale one um, in lower Manhattan at the South Street Seaport too. So just all the feels there. And I guess at this point, we're just kind of scrambling to get presents and cards because I don't know how we're halfway into the month already. <laughs> and, you know, it's the off season again. So I've just been binging a lot of shows. I binged Ted Lasso. So if you were on the train of you haven't seen it yet, get on it, guys. I know that everyone has been talking about it for months now. I finally had time. I think we binged it in a day and a half. Honestly, feel free to at me anytime with a GIF, a meme, a quote, anything from the show. I might just rewatch it again <laughs> for the holidays because it's just so heartwarming and really feel good. There was also an Essendon docuseries. I know I've talked about this quite a bit. But there was this massive collective effort by the club on a pretty grand scale to kind of produce this amazing 
almost like Amazon's making their mark for the upcoming 150th. So I'm really excited about that. And I renewed my membership, (laughs) auto renewal actually. So that's really exciting. But yeah, it's the first time we are not doing a tree this year and I'm pretty sad about it. We're not gonna be in the city for Christmas. So please, please send me a pic of your tree. I know it's another plant call, but I just want to see how you're celebrating, how you're decorating, and just because I I honestly miss it more than I thought I would. I think I'm just ready for some snow, and, you know, we're kind of getting that itch to get out west again because the mountains are calling. But now let's get to footy and on to Act 1 with AFL offseason highlights, guys. So the trade happened and the draft which was pretty exciting. I will just say this about Essendon. (laughs) Kind of funny, I guess, coming out of this one. I feel like as a club, we have been wanting like this big, big bodied midfielder for a while now. We've been screaming out for that. And we finally drafted one. Well, technically he's an inside midfielder with our pick 13. I know we're kind of moving away from the big, big bodied mids. (laughs) Uh, I have not had any wine before saying that. I can't say big bodied mids for whatever reason. Sidebar, the analytics do say that you score more from turnovers. So that is more important than stoppages. I guess after the stoppage is kind of like what really matters, like your defensive structure, how you get out and run into space. So having that big body could really slow you down. I don't want to say lumbering, but that's just like what I'm picturing. So yeah, but back to Essendon, just wanting those mids. All of a sudden, I feel like we're overflowing in that area, like we are hoarding or stockpiling them. So we'll never be in that situation again. But you know, you can't play an entire team of mids. They need to actually be a ball magnet like Parrish. (laughs) But with our 13th pick, I'm really, really happy with Ben Hobbs. I just, you know, I think I smile every time I see him or read about him. He's really giving me Joel Selwood vibes. I don't know, maybe it's just me, maybe baby Joel Selwood (laughs) vibes, but He just seems really mature and ready. And he is so well-spoken for someone who's just kind of starting out. And Essendon has kind of included him in all of the training videos and kind of the campaigns that they're doing right now so you can see behind the scenes. And yeah, it's just been a really exciting way for me to learn more about the draft and kind of see the what happens and how the magic works once you get there but just getting more of like an inside glimpse of that and I've just really appreciated it kind of being all the way on the other side of the world and you know in the dark when it comes to off season as far as where I think all eyes will be on this season and kind of where my eyes and I guess just my mindset of where everything's headed I do think The focus will be on Sam Mitchell, definitely Hawthorne in general. You know, you've kind of figuratively, maybe literally pushed out someone who was very senior in that role. So now I think it'll really just be all eyes on you to see, you know, what you can deliver. I would say Carlton with their new coach. Definitely want to see 
hopefully a definitive direction, kind of more of what the team culture will be like there with, you know, the new additions and also new like assistant coaches. So that'll be really exciting. And last but not least, I think Stu do at Gold Coast and Gold Coast in general, I think maybe it's just me, but that looming threat of like Alistair Clarkson, I think that Stu do will definitely be under pressure from round one to kind of just keep his job. So I'm kind of looking forward to all of that. And really the big pickups during the draft too, just getting to read about all of the player stories has been so amazing and wonderful. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in the next act later. Okay, it's intermission. So during this time, let's just cut away to other sports. Kind of want to talk about college football for a second, guys, because what's really been interesting to me and what I've, I guess, been kind of gleaning and watching, there's just always so many things when it happens. And I kind of step back and I'm like, wait, did that really happen? But I guess the recruitment period for college football like the recruitment period for the next year starts essentially before this year ends. That's just how it's always been. It doesn't make any sense in some ways. And sometimes I'm like so used to seeing something that I don't realize until I kind of step away. And I'm like, wait, I guess that's how that happens. But it is really interesting that the coach is really involved. They're involved in the recruitment of other players. It's not a separate team like the AFL. So What that means is that coaches will move from one college to another mid-season. And I think that that makes for a lot of dramatic coaching kind of stories and drama. So LSU, Louisiana State, they are in the South here in the U.S. They needed a coach basically before the season ends. Uh, This is just like very recent, but they needed a coach basically now for recruits and the season isn't over. They are one of the most, they're one of the biggest college football programs in America. They're kind of a pretty big deal here. They're definitely a top 10 ranked team. So they needed a coach and they poached another coach. So they poached the Notre Dame coach, which is also another huge program here in America. And Notre Dame is in Indiana for anyone geographically that just kind of needs to know where that is. So they poached the coach from the program. And at the time, they were still in the running, Notre Dame was, for the playoffs. And their coach literally just left them. So I guess the funniest part to me is just seeing a coach, you know, tell the team, like, go out there. You got to commit to the program, commit everything to the game. I want to see your all. And then, you know, the next day he does a press conference literally for another team. (laughs) And now he has a Southern accent, which is really interesting. I think it's a little comical that he suddenly adopted a Southern accent when he arrived there at the new program. Another conversation for another time. But tell me what you guys think about that, because I I honestly think that things like this don't happen like, well, they wouldn't happen in the FL, but to me, it's just crazy to think that this just happens and then we just kind of move on. Also, the money is insane. I don't know if I've ever really talked about the degree. So the Michigan State coach, you know, um, Tuck, 
which is really funny. He always makes me think of Chuck for Essendon, but he makes, he just got a new contract, which is amazing. He's going to be making 95 million over 10 years. And he is not even the highest paid coach in college football. So that's just like another, like a whole other level and kind of this grand scale that you can kind of think of when you're picturing college ball. But to me, that was just really interesting. I don't know. (laughs) They did try to poach my coach too, by the way, LSU did, but I'm glad that everything worked out. But yeah, also for cricket, we've been watching the Ashes. So the first test was pretty exciting. Uh, Right off the bat, I think there was just a lot of action, which is kind of rare. We when it comes to the Ashes, we just kind of have cricket on in the background and we just go about our day and kind of will reference it every now and then. But you couldn't take your eyes off the first test. So, of course, now that we are in the second test, Cummins, like our captain, (laughs) is out with COVID potential exposure. Like just giving me Nick Hind flashbacks all over again. But they did manage to do well. And Labuschagne and Warner have kind of hung in there. I know Warner got out with 95, but I'll be really interested to see where the rest of the game goes. But now we're on to Act Two, where we have discussions about relevant footy topics and issues. And I really just have to talk about Jordan Degoe for a second here, guys. And I know we're rewinding a little bit, but when an AFL player comes to my turf, um, who comes to my neighborhood, I actually always welcome players who want to come out here. I always want them to visit. Let's be real. A lot of them do in the off season or they have previously pre-pandemic, but So Jordan Degoe, I'm sure you've heard, got an exemption to leave for travel and to train here in the U.S. And he went to L.A. and kind of did his training. And then he showed up here in New York and went to a club and then just got in some trouble. (laughs) So Jordan Degoe, if you are listening, how are you going to come to my house? No, I'm just kidding. Um, But I'm just picturing all of the news peeps like all of the people who had to kind of interview him outside of the court with seemingly no understanding of what Australian football like Aussie rules is he's now back in Australia he's been stood down by the club so the word is kind of out on whether or not there will be repercussions I mean he will be showing up virtually I think for his court case here Um, So we'll kind of have to see what happens. I don't want to get into all the details, but there were some assault allegations. He definitely got into a fight with his cohort and some, you know, Americans. So just not a good look all around. Um, And honestly, the soap opera that is players' personal lives You know, I typically don't care about that personally. You guys know that. But again, (laughs) if you are going to come here and cause trouble, uh, you know, I'm definitely going to just be tuned in and seeing what happens. And I think we've talked about Dugowie quite a bit previously with, you know, some allegations that have happened previously. But we'll just have to see what happens and how this all plays out. And I will be really interested to know if he does end up playing any games this season. He is contracted. So, you know, stand by for that, I guess. 
As for team thoughts, I think the team that I fear the most, I did talk about this a little bit on the Lace Out pod. I think the four alarm fire that is the Bulldogs, their entire roster, I mean, I guess that's more American, so squad, just, you know, I really do think they have a full armory because they have all the guns. And if someone like Jamar Ugelhagen can't even really get games, you know that they have a lot going on there. So I'm excited slash scared <laughs> for the season, but I'll definitely be watching them and kind of seeing what will happen. Melbourne too, the premiers. I feel like they recruited in the last, I guess for the most of the part of the last decade, I'm trying to kind of go back in my mind and think they've had a lot of recruits that were around the same age. And, you know, you just kind of wait for the players to peak because it takes a while to develop and grow. I honestly think that since they've been doing that for a while, their peak is hitting now. So I feel like everything is aligning for them and all of their players are collectively hitting that peak. So they are going to be ready to do battle for another season. I'm really excited about it. And I actually just realized that there is going to be a battle redux of the grand final because they are getting that first game right off the bat. That's not typical. Uh, We typically start with that Carlton Richmond opener. So it'll be really interesting to see how that goes and if that will affect any future openings. I know that there was just, you know, it's a different opener. It's not the typical traditional. Hopefully it just starts starts the season off with a bang. I really think that's what's going to happen. So I am excited for that rematch. I know that we'll all be watching. And I'm now in the countdown for the AFLW. I'm ready. We're only so many days away. Um, I've got a little calendar at home, so I am really excited about that. And I'm just ready for more footy. But honestly, we're only weeks away at this point. So we're kind of at that point where I'm just looking at all the preseason photos. I'm really excited. Player-wise, Jason Horn Francis, I'm looking at you as the number one pick. It's always exciting to have a number one pick. I think Wanganeen Millera, who wasn't really on the radar and then all of a sudden went for a higher pick. But also having two Sudanese players, too, in the first round. I don't know if that's ever happened before, if you guys want to tell me. I'm really happy to see just that representation in the AFL. A lot of kids with an African background do play, and I'm just so excited to kind of see their journeys. Um, And yeah, it's going to be a great year, I think. (laughs) Well, now it's the after show where, I don't know if you can tell, I'm just kind of squealing in excitement, but I have a special treat for you guys. Kind of an exclusive. You're getting a sneak peek and honestly the first listen of something that hasn't been released yet. It will be this weekend. So I mentioned my bestie before, Tunde Alaniran. So he has a new single and it's called What's Christmas. And this song honestly just really resonates with me. Okay, so just a little backstory. Tunde actually wrote the song in 2019 and it was after 
his mom and he also kind of experienced a series of family deaths. And he kind of saw how deeply the losses were affecting her and how they kind of filled her with sorrow during the holiday season. And so just kind of meditating on that loss and isolation, this kind of came out. And I think something in his gut just told him it needed to be out in the world. And it was just written really as like a carol that he could sing along to with his mom or for anyone who's experiencing or remembering like loss, loneliness, or sadness during the holidays. And, you know, if it really resonates with you, I'd love to know what you think, or you could let Tunde know too. But, you know, if you aren't able to see someone you haven't seen for a year or two because of COVID, or, you know, maybe you've got everyone around except the one person that you're just missing the most, or maybe it's just what you're singing until you see them again. Um, We just want to share this with you. What's Christmas to me? What's Christmas when you're lonely? What's Christmas about when you're not around? No carols, no choir, no glow from the fire when you're not here. What's Christmas this year? hope that touched you as deeply as it has me. But thank you so much for sharing a part of your day with me really this entire year. And for people who have been there since the beginning of this journey, you've been keeping me company. So hopefully I'm doing that for part of your day in this holiday special. But that's it for me, guys. Thanks so much for listening, rating, and subscribing. Please let me know what you think. AFL Footy Obsessed at Gmail or AFL Obsessed on all the socials. Thanks for hanging around for the show, guys. Stay safe and healthy. Check on your friends and neighbors. We'll get through this like we have with footy. I'm virtually hugging you and we'll talk footy soon. Until we're near, what's Christmas this year?